0: Looking to save your hard-earned cash? Fed up with the forever rising cost of everyday living? And want to know ways of making the most of your money? Then this is the podcast series for you. Get expert advice from financial and consumer journalist Lindsay Cook, along with broadcaster Glenn Thompson. Welcome to the Mrs. Mean Money Show.
1: Episode 67 of the Mrs. Mean Money Show podcast series. Hello, nice to have you company. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, hitting that subscribe button. Of course, when you do so, you'll get notified every time a new episode is released. And uh, we're currently releasing them once a fortnight. So, uh, yes, welcome along. Nice to have you company. Mrs. Mean's back in the studio. Lindsay Cook is Mrs. Mean. Looking meaner, even though the sun is shining on you today, Mrs. Mean.
0: Yeah, well, we have to be careful. I mean, at the moment we've got bad weather, but even when we get good weather, there are reasons Mm. that we end up spending more than we intend to. So we've got to really
1: watch every penny. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, do listen to our previous podcasts as well. So many different uh, ways of saving money. It's all about putting money back in your purse, back in your wallet, back in your bank account, back in your savings account, whatever. Today's podcast is all about home insurance. And uh, we know the year started with floods, floods still ongoing, strong winds, snow and ice as well. And uh, before the devastating winter weather arrived, the insurance industry had already decided that we were going to pay a lot more for our home insurance, whether we made a claim for storm or flood damage or not, Mrs mean This is ongoing, really, isn't it?
0: It is. The insurance industry, motor insurance is going up even more. But today I'm talking about home insurance because, as I say, the bad weather gives the industry... Well, they get more claims, but it also gives them an excuse as to why they're charging us more. And home insurance has already increased 36% on average, according to industry statistics. And that is not the peak. Flooding, storms and ice are likely to give the industry even more reason to put prices up. Inflation busting increases. The Financial Conduct Authority has said that the industry is making too much money from insurance customers the ones they're particularly worried about are customers who can't afford to pay the premium all in one go up mm. front and therefore pay inexpensive installments. And those are the ones that the industry say they're going to look at it. It's called premium finance. I had to look at what premium finance was and then I saw. And businesses who can't afford their insurance mm. up front, they probably pay more than consumers. They find different ways of um, charging us. And by Increasing the premiums by such enormous amounts, I reckon more people are paying by instalment and therefore they're charged too much twice over if you see what I mean, charge too much for your insurance and then you charge a lot more for taking out the um, payments.
1: And I guess a good tip, Mrs. Mean, before we get stuck into the main thrust of today's podcast, is to renew in plenty of time. Look around in plenty of time. Don't wait for that expiry date on your home insurance to pop up and then you get that last minute warning. It's to look ahead, isn't it?
0: Plan ahead, look ahead, use the time well, because if your policy is going to renew on January 24th and you don't get round to looking at it till January 22nd, mm. then your insurer knows that you haven't got much time to find a new quote, so they're not going to do any good deals for you. If they've already increased the rate and you say, can you do anything about this? They're going to say, no, that's the rate. Yeah. You go onto to comparison websites. All the insurance companies... Somehow, I don't know what the algorithm is, but they know if you're nearing the end of your policy and therefore they won't offer you good deals. The sweet spot, apparently, and this was based on hundreds of thousands, if not millions of insurance policies being taken out. The sweet spot is 23 days before your policy expires. And most insurers do send out... Renewal notices, which will tell you what you paid Mm -hmm. last year and what they're charging you this year. They tended to send them out about 30 days before the renewal date. Now, I experienced, and I know other people did last year, that we had to call our insurance companies and they said, Oh, we've got a problem with our computers. This is what you're going to be charged. We'll send it to you by email. I'm thinking, why don't you always send it by email rather than putting it in the post? But overall, I suspect, and I'm suspicious, I'm one of those suspicious people. Oh, you're missing I su- me, that's why. <laughs> I suspect that some of the insurers uh-huh. know that if you're getting closer to the expiry date, you'll just do it. You won't mm. have time to deal with it because we have busy lives. And so start early. Put a date in your diary, check in advance of the thing, see what premiums are and start to look at how can I reduce the cost of my cover if it's going to be too much.
1: Indeed. All right. So it's all about insurance today then and we are particularly focusing in on home insurance. So to come, getting cheaper cover, uh, paying annually, getting those uh, comparison sites up and running. Excess, should you pay more? Regional differences, how much does it differ from different parts of the UK? Costs relating to the weather. What cover should you need? Buildings and contents insurance and also tenants insurance. But first of all, Mrs. Mean, let's take a look at getting cheaper cover. We all want to get cheap cover at the end of the day, don't we? For maximum benefit, really.
0: Yeah, and it's never been more difficult to get good value building and contents insurance. Insurers are already required by the Financial Conduct Authority to treat customers fairly. Should be a given, shouldn't Mm. it? And provide similar quotes to new customers and to loyal and existing customers. For two years, they've been told you can't give a better deal to a new customer that you're attracting from another insurer. You've got to give the same deal for the same situation as you would. Now, the problem is, I think because they haven't managed to do the maths properly yet. Some companies have had to pay compensation to customers. Some are being looked at quite closely by the Financial Conduct Authority because it seems this practice of price walking, which means... I take out a policy and it seems good value. Next year, they'll probably put it up by 8% and you think, oh, that's okay. And keep on doing that. And I've come across a lot of people newly looking after the finances of their parents and they find that their parents are paying absolutely enormous home insurance Mm. premiums because they've just renewed automatically every year. I hear from people saying, well, I'm paying £340 for my home insurance and my house is twice as big as my parents and their contents are are lower and yet they're paying more than a £1,000. And that's the scale of the difference that the industry was doing. Now, they're not supposed to do that anymore and so they're probably not doing it anymore, but they are still able to charge people more. Researchers have found that, If you get your premium announced from your existing company and then you say, well, I'll go on as if I'm a new customer. Mm. I've done this. I do it in my husband's name. As if I'm a new customer, I go on and I find that the premium is quite a bit lower. Now, that's not supposed to be the case. It's exactly the same contents and yet the premium is lower. And research showed that in 56% of cases, people who do go on as if they are a new customer get a cheaper quote. Now, it may not be much cheaper, but it is a cheaper quote. Mm. It shows that shopping around actually counts and you need to get a fair deal. The problem is, I don't know how many houses there are in the UK, probably about 25 million. We've all got different contents. We've all got different for living there. We've all got different needs, etc. And so, very few policies are the same price. I say they can get away with charging what they want. There is no transparency. There's no formula that they print and say, you've got so much of this and so much of that and your age so and so and you've got two children. Therefore you're at a higher risk of accidental damage. They don't do any formulations. They do them themselves to work out what they're going to charge you, but you only get a, oh, we charge so much per thousand of contents or we charge this. So it's important before you get your renewal letter or as soon as you get your renewal letter, you start looking at what else is in the marketplace. If you start three to four weeks before your policy expires, you'll be seen as being in control. As the renewal date gets closer,
1: you've got less time to shop around makes you wonder if they actually like you being in control, because as you said earlier, they're hoping that you're going to make a last minute decision and that way have a higher premium to pay. But
0: one other warning, some people start early and they say, oh, I'll go on to so-and-so. Oh, they're going to charge me £290. My existing premium is... £240. I'll see what else I can get. And they sort of bank it in their mind. Mm. They've got that cheap offer. They'll go back to it. But by the time they go back to it, that cheap offer may be £360. It's like holidays. You're booking a flight. You can't bank the premium that you quoted things change. Obviously, they've got a lot of claims between you're talking to them one day and talking to them another day.
1: Okay, thanks for that, Mrs. Mean. And it's all about saving money, putting the money back in your pockets for you, of course, and your family, the Mrs. Mean Money Show podcast series. What about paying annually, Mrs. Mean? This is very often a cheaper option, isn't it?
0: Oh, yes. And it's what we all used to do. And it's in recent years, um, because insurance premiums have gone up so much. Mm. And I say this is for consumers and for businesses. They offer you terms. And the terms, they don't necessarily spell out what the APR is, but you can pay 40% more for your policy by paying in 12 monthly installments. Financial Conduct Authority regards this as the tax on poverty paying monthly, they are going to look into it and decide whether it is a proper deal. Because as they point out, if they give us terms, 12 installments, and we don't pay them, they lose nothing. All they do is cancel your insurance. So you lose the insurance policy, they lose nothing. It's not as if you're buying a car in installments and you've still got it. Overall, they don't lose anything. Mm. If you can't afford it, and this is why I say start before you get your premium announcement. Work out. Can you get a zero interest credit card and put the insurance on that? Can you put it on your normal credit card? And normal credit cards may be charging 23% or something mm. like that. It's not 40%. And the thing is, if you are careful, you can get rid of this payment in three or four months and therefore you're not paying 40%. Just make sure you do it, don't allow them to auto-renew you because that way you pay more because you just accept that whatever they think you want to pay and really try to avoid, whichever way you can, paying in instalments. I
1: think most insurers, they do give you that option, don't they? Whether you want to auto-renew, there's a little box you tick, or whether you don't, basically. So it's it's worth checking that, isn't it?
0: It is, and for some people, it is a, a safety blanket because if you've got a car, you've got to have it insured. So they think, oh, I might forget so they tick the box that will allow to be auto-renewed and then they say, oh, I'll look at it later. Mm. But then they, oh, well, it's happened now. I've paid it. I've come across people who have paid Two insurance premiums in one year for the same vehicle because they've ticked the auto renew box. And then a month before the car insurance was due to be renewed, they have started looking around. They found the insurance quite a bit cheaper somewhere else. They've signed up for that, but they haven't told their existing insurer that they've gone elsewhere. So in that
1: situation, then, would you get your money back? Nope. You've lost it?
0: You've lost it, yeah.
1: Worth bearing that in mind then, for goodness sake. Let's move on then. Take a look at those comparison websites then. How important is it to look around on these, Mrs Mean?
0: It is important. And don't just use one comparison site because they don't have all the same insurers. They don't have the same premiums. Some of them do deals so that an insurer that's on the front page or whatever of their website will get a better deal from the comparison website. So be aware that there are differences there. So look at two or three comparison websites if you can. Also look at Direct Line. I'm not recommending them, but they are not on comparison sites. They're often competitive, but it means if you look at Direct Line, what they charge you, it's often sort of a benchmark sort of price. And therefore it may not be better value, but it's worth looking at. NFU Mutual aren't on websites. So just look at the ones, the big players who aren't on websites, but also look at the comparison sites and use an online calculator to look at how much insurance you Mm. need. Sometimes people have more insurance than they need because they look at it and it says, oh, get £40,000 worth of contents cover for this amount. And they just tick the box and they don't look at what they own. And quite often people don't have the value of contents that the insurance companies like to insure us for. So you can be over-insured. Right. Equally, there's a danger of being under-insured because if you haven't counted your your television and your sound system and and your computers, etc., it may be you're under-insured. And then if you do need to make a claim and you make a claim, say, for a necklace, because you're under-insured, the payment for the necklace will be rounded down by the amount you're under-insured. So you lose out. It's It doesn't have to be that your computer is blown up. For you to get penalised.
1: Okay, you're listening to the Mrs. Mean Money Show podcast. Glenn says and Lindsay Cook with you. Still to come, a look at excess, uh, regional differences, how the weather could uh, alter costs as well. Uh, what cover should you need? Buildings and contents insurance. We'll look at that in a bit more detail as well. And uh, tenants insurance. Let's take a look at the excess then, Mrs. Mean, because there's a number of different excess policies that you can tick on this, aren't there?
0: There are. Now, there is a compulsory excess and you can't reduce that. And that's what the insurance company will deduct from any payout they make. So, if you claim for a television at £500 and there's a £50 excess, then you'll get £450. You can add a voluntary excess to your policy and this can be quite substantial. could save around 5% on premiums if you increase your voluntary excess from naught pounds to 250 pounds. But you have to be aware that 250 pounds will be taken off the value of the television or whatever it is you're claiming for, and therefore you might have almost no cover for individual claims. So you've got to look at it. Quite a lot of drivers choose to have higher excesses, particularly more experienced drivers who've not had a a claim before. Because insurance policies are so expensive, they can save hundreds, if not thousands of pounds over a couple of years by increasing the excess. But you've got to be aware that if you have an accident, if you have a claim, you've got to be able to pay for part of the repairs or the replacement vehicle or whatever. So you've got to think in your mind, Mm. I'm saving £300 this year, but if I have a big crash... It could cost me £12,000. You do the calculations. Some people say, well, if I had an accident and I lost money on it, etc., I'd buy a cheaper car. They've done the calculations and that's how they're going to sort it out. But overall, you just got to be very careful. Increasing the excess gives you cheaper premiums, but it can cost you a lot of money
1: double check before you tick that box and sign it away uh regional Mm. customers mrs mean there's that till again it's all about saving money of course regional customers does it depend on where you live in the country in the uk as to how much you're going to pay
0: yeah, and it's not down to subsidence or anything like that. Sometimes it's the price of the home, but overall insurance went up 36.1%, previously it was 25.7%. Steepest climb is in the southeast 38.5%, northeast 32.1%. So there are differences. Some of it will be down to the rebuild cost and the claims experience of an area. But we've already seen 36.1% increase. We've had storms were Bet, Kieran, We've had Henk. Henk hasn't been taken into the account yet for the figures because we don't know how much Henk is going to cost us. Confused.com price comparison site estimates that the average claims after flooding is £11,000 for contents and £48,000 if your building is damaged. Now, that is a lot. Babette, Kieran and Debbie are expected to cost 560 million. Oh, that's a lot yeah. of money, yeah. That was sort of a couple of weeks of storms. We've still got Henk, and I think mm. it's been quite difficult. And, of course, you get icy weather and you get frozen pipes and things like that, so that can cause problems. Yeah. And it's not just bad weather. Well, heat Some waves. People, as well, isn't it? Heat waves. Yeah. There's been a jump in substance payouts because of last year's heat wave. Yeah. So, overall, you've got to take into account the mm-hmm. weather.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the cover you need, Mrs. Mean, depends on your own personal circumstances and that of your families. For example, if you're renting or uh, you own a leasehold property, it'll vary quite considerably.
0: If you own a le- leasehold property, you'll pay for the building's insurance as part of your service charge. If you are a tenant, the building will be covered by the landlord or freeholder, but you've got to check that that is the case. But also, if you're a tenant, you know, you may have issues and um, you want to insure your own property that's Mm. in the flat or or in the house. But also, if you or your children or anybody, your dog, causes damage to the owner's furnishings, etc., then you have to be indemnified for that. Mm. Now, some of that is covered by the uh, deposit you pay, but if you did serious damage, I don't know, you have a fire and you cause a fire and your landlord's furniture is all destroyed, then you are liable to pay for it and therefore you need insurance to cover you for that.
1: Okay, thanks for that Mrs. Mean, let's move on and take a look at contents insurance. Then, you know, if you've got that big expensive painting hanging on the wall in your gallery or whatever, this is going to rack that price up, isn't it?
0: Are you driven by a desire to create change? Dive into From Passion to Purpose, where we unlock the stories of nonprofit trailblazers. Get inspired as leaders share invaluable tips and transformative tales that empower you to make a lasting impact in your community. Tune in and ignite your passion into purpose today. Oh, it is. And you need to have a proper price. Sometimes we have contents and policies will say everything up to say 40,000 is covered. But if you have any individual items that are worth more than three or four thousand pounds, we need proof that you own them because I'm sure Mm. there are some scammers out there Mm. who might say they own a, a Rolex watch and within two weeks of taking out the policy, it's stolen. So they have to have proof. So you may have to take it, uh, go to a local jeweller or somewhere like that who can say, yes, I say this is worth so much. Lots of us don't have items worth more than £4,000. So it's not a problem. But you have to be aware of what you may be charged for. And most standard policies will cover fires and theft and things like that. But they don't cover, and no policy will cover, wear and tear. That is not covered. That's we pay for the wear and tear. You have to look at that. You may find that, um, you know, you can get spoiled food from a freezer paid for. You can get alternative accommodation, replacement of stolen items. But you look at the policy, the more items you want from the um, menu the more it's going to cost you. So do you want legal liability insurance? I've had insurance policies for more than 40 years. I don't think I've ever needed legal liability cover. I think I paid for it to start with, but I've thought, no, I don't want to pay an extra premium for that. You've got to look at things like escaping water. That's a burst pipe, falling trees, flooding. You need to just check what you think you're in danger of. You might be in a low flood area. Accidental damage isn't normally covered. So if your dog knocks a vase over, it's down to you unless you've got accidental damage cover. Mm. Again, it's another way. So the more things you are covered for, I the best policies are the ones that are really quite basic. They cover you in a catastrophe. Mm. If you have a flood, if you have a fire, if you have subsidence, if the house as we have seen recently in various areas where houses are actually being moved away by the floodwaters, etc. Those are the things that you cover your, for. You may not get every penny back that you've put into the property, but you've got enough to start again. Mm. If you pay lots of insurance, it doesn't mean you necessarily will get more when you come to make a claim.
1: Okay. Thanks for that, Mrs. Mean. It's all about insurance today on the podcast and uh, saving money before you uh, renew your insurance policies. Uh, tenants insurance, often called renters insurance, Mrs. Mean. Tell us more about this.
0: Well, a lot of tenants don't think they need insurance. They may not have much in the way of contents. And quite often when they move in, they have very little in the way of contents, but it's amazing how quickly you build up clothes and rugs and cushions and mirrors and all these sort of things that cost you money. And if there was a fire or something like that or theft, you Mm. lose that money. But tenants liability insurance is more important because you are then covered if something accidentally damages your landlord's possessions. And as I say, the deposit should cover some of this if it's a low amount. But if you, I don't know if you have a chip pan fire and the whole place goes up, then the landlord loses everything in in your property mm. and you need to be able to cover some of it. Now, the building, the landlord will cover, but the possessions, the chip pan itself and most of the kitchen equipment, once you've found the cheapest quote, it's worth haggling. You may get a bigger discount with your existing insurer. If you're with insurer A and insurer B is offering you £100 less, it's worth going back to insurer A and saying oh, I've been offered so-and-so by such-and-such a company. Now, more recently, insurers have got a bit tougher on this and they say, oh, well, then we can't offer that. Go there. So don't fib, only go if you've got a better offer because otherwise you can get caught out. It's a bit like people saying, I've been offered a better job and the boss says, oh, well, sorry to lose you, but you might as well go. You've got to keep to the truth, but it may help you. You may also be able to get cash back, Quidco Top Cashback etc. Through um, the um, websites, they can probably help you get thirty or forty pounds off your insurance. Forty pounds is worth having. One thing that people don't realise is if you put yourself down as an employed as the main customer, that your insurance costs could increase. So if you're a housewife or a house husband or a homemaker, it doesn't increase. But if you say you're unemployed, somehow you're at greater risk. Put yourself down as homemaker or housewife or househusband if you are not in paid employment. Another thing that can fool people, and this time of the year is a good one to think about it, normally you can't leave your house or your home for more than 30 days empty. So if you're having a long holiday, you've got to tell your insurer and they will charge you more. This time of year, when we've got freezing weather and pipes freeze, etc. Some insurers will not allow you to leave your home empty for five days unless you keep the heating on at a minimum constant. So anybody in the cold weather, it's worth checking what your policy says and knowing that it's no good going away to somewhere warm and leaving the heating off and then come back to a burst pipe, which costs an awful lot to restore. If you have students in your family, it may be that you can add their possessions to your well, their possessions are already on your insurance. They just move them to the halls of residence or whatever. It's away from the home. You can keep it in the policy, and it's much cheaper than have their students having a separate policy. So it's just one of those things. It one way where you might save some money.
1: All right, thanks for that, Mrs. Mean. Fascinating uh, podcast on insurance. Hope very much you found the tips useful as well. If there's one takeaway we can grab from you today, Mrs. Mean, on home insurance, what would that be?
0: Well, it's starting early. Keep an eye on when you're going to renew your policy. Look at what the market's charging. Look at your policy. See if there are ways you can reduce the amount. You know, mm. if you change your locks, would that reduce the premium? It can be that you get better locks and better security and it costs you nothing because the premium comes down that much. So those are things. But start early and pay up front and never auto-renew.
1: Absolutely right. Uh, Make sure you uh, (laughs) take that tick out the box uh, when it comes to auto-renewing. Mrs Mean. as always, thank you so much. Uh, We always extend an invitation as well for our listeners uh, to get in touch with us via the website, which is Mrs. uk. You can go to the Contact the Show button at the top of the page. We're always looking for your questions, so if you've got any questions on any of the podcasts you've been listening to, or indeed you've got an idea for a podcast, something that Mrs Mean can get their teeth into she a challenge don't you mrs mean uh, do get in touch because we're always looking for ideas aren't we
0: we always are and as i say my knowledge of insurance is based a lot on my experience other people will find things going wrong or find ways they can save money, and I want to hear from them.
1: So do get in touch. Check out the back catalogue as well. Lots of other money-saving tips and ideas. Uh, Save £200 in less than an hour. Don't be fooled by loyalty. Get your money back as well. There's a couple of Mrs Mean clinics whereby we answer your questions. Check those out as well. Some invaluable information there. Don't tip too much when you go out, and don't be ripped off on holiday. If you are booking that summer holiday, Beware, don't be ripped off. Mrs. Mean, always great to talk to you. Whatever you do until our next podcast, stay mean, won't you? You can be certain of that.
0: You've been listening to the Mrs. Mean Money Show. If you have a suggestion for Mrs. Mean to get her teeth into, head over to Mrs. meanmoneyshow.co.uk and get in touch via the Contact the Show button. Join us next time. And don't forget to listen to the other podcasts in this series and be sure to hit the subscribe button.